welcome you to another edition of All Elite Unrestricted, or as we like to call it, Aubrey Edwards. I don't know. Live. Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, uh, <laughs> along with Referee of the Year, Aubrey Edwards. I'll, I'll take it this time. That's fine. I appreciate it. Damn right. You'll take like it. Just... You'll like it. Hey, is that is that what I said to your wife last night? Oh! Oh, shit. <laughs> so as you can tell, Will Hobbs... We have a lot of fun on this show, and it's great to have I you. I see. It's great to have you with us, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? We're doing great, man. I, at least I can speak for myself. I'm doing great. Aubrey's in a surly mood this morning, which is par for the course around here. Pretty much. But anyway. No. I'd be in a better mood if you weren't late. Well, yeah. <laughs> peek behind the curtain, guys. Yeah, here's a peek behind the curtain. I sit down in front of this very nice uh, iMac that I spent a lot of money for, and the mouse was dead. Oh. So I had to run around, look for a battery. And then when I look for the battery, now it's a Bluetooth mouse. Now I got to reboot the computer. It's a long story, but I was cussing the whole way. So, oh, that's fine. Yeah. It makes it feel better. It. <laughs> so, today on the podcast, we have Will Hobbs. <laughs> Thank you yes. for joining us, Will. I'm super excited to have you here. It's been great getting to know you. I know you're a recent signee with All Eat Wrestling, and having yeah. you backstage has been super awesome. Just to kick this off with a fun story. I was working on art for Elite GM and we're kind of working our way down the roster and trying to include everybody. So I go up to Will. I'm like, Will, what color do you want your default gear to be? Do you want the blue? Do you want something else? And he goes, well, I'm going to need orange. And I'm like, (gasps) and like, that's how I found out everything was happening. (laughs) It was so great. I love it. So yeah, we're here to chat today about everything that Will's done in the short amount of time he's been at the company. But before we kick that off, I want to run through your various accolades, which it's a pretty good list. So three-time All-Pro Wrestling Worldwide Internet Champion, three-time All-Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion, Gold Rush Pro Wrestling Dynamite Division Champion, that was a little bit of foreshadowing, Pro Championship Wrestling Champion, and United Wrestling Network Tag Team Champion. Damn, boy. What can I say, you know? (laughs) <laughs> been handling business like it and so will you uh make your dark debut to orange cassidy july of this year and yeah uh, how, how do how did you get approached by coming to AEW and starting doing some work for us so i got a, a text from marcus mack who owns uh all pro wrestling out here in bay area in california said he had threw my name out there didn't say anything more of it and then probably like two hours later, I get a, a text from QT Marshall. Yeah. And I thought and I thought somebody was ribbing me. So I looked at my phone. I just threw my phone down for a few hours. I'm like, okay, we got a pandemic going on. Somebody's fucking with me. So <laughs> I, finally, I finally responded. And QT said, hey, are, are you local? And I said, no, but I'll find a way out there. Found the date. Hustled up some money. Got a plane ticket. Got a hotel. And was on my way to Jacksonville. Mm. That's what you got to do, man. Just grind. Yeah, I, I had to hustle. I, at that time, I just got laid off because, you know, oh. there's a pandemic going on. Sure. But, you know, I had to take a risk. I mean, when the opportunity's there, you got to jump at it. If you're ready for it, otherwise you're just going to go to the next person. Yeah, so it was a little bit stressful because at the time I had uh, my daughter was only two months old. Oh, my so God. It was like, okay, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit on my ass? You've got a couple kids, right? Yeah, two boys and a girl. Oh, boy. You've got your yeah. hands full, man. Yeah. Jeez. That says a lot about uh, the decision that you made at that moment. I mean, being, yeah. you know, not working and having children and having to come across country to do that. Uh, 
I'm sure by the time you arrived and you were backstage, you you were either, well, maybe both, really nervous or really ready to go. I, I was both. I was nervous because I didn't know what was going to happen, what the atmosphere was going to be like. And at the other hand, I was ready to go because, I mean, the way I was brought up with my grandparents, I can't just sit on my ass and not do nothing. So, sure. I mean, Love if this opportunity would have passed me by, I would have been kicking myself in the ass. Right. So, yeah. if I made it, I made it. If I didn't, I didn't. Love it. Uh, so you lose to Orange Cassidy, but then you have another opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, versus Darby Allen on Saturday Night Dynamite. Yeah. It? yeah, yeah, it was great. That was it was awesome. A really good match, man. Um, but one of the interesting things about that is I remember TK was the coach for it. Yeah, he was hands on on that. Right. So what was it like working with him in kind of a agent performer capacity? You know, it was cool because he he laid everything out what he wanted so it made it super easy you know to for darby and myself to put the match together and he asked me straight up was like willie what do you want to do and i was like well i want to do this you know do that and looked at darby and darby was like okay well let's do it so was there any sort of added pressure because it's it's the boss man and you're working directly with him it was a little bit of pressure but i mean on the other hand i mean i feel like i gotta prove something every time i'm out there so it's just like I either got to sink or swim because I, I got people depending on me. So, I mean, that that's enough pressure right there, you know. So, yeah, man, I, I did my thing and, and that was it. So, people depend on me. I get that, buddy. So, I understand when there's a lot of people depending on you. Hey, so now let's go to All Out mm-hmm. and the 21-man Battle Royal. I, I really think that was, at least for me as an announcer and probably for fans, it was won by Lance Archer, but to me, it was kind of your coming out party because it was, it was like, man, this, this guy, this guy's got something and, and you proved it during that. You feel good about that battle Royal? Oh yeah. So that whole day was, was a little emotional for me. So I'll give you guys a, a quick little story. It's been mentioned on air. Um, yeah. My, my older brother and I were supposed to get into, into the business together. He was supposed to be my manager. Well, he ended up passing away on September 5th and that's the day we had the pay-per-view mm. so oh boy I was motivated more than anything else you know just I ran into Tony the night before and he said I got something good for you and I'm like okay and then I was in the battle royal for quite <laughs> for a long time yeah and then you know in, in the, the elimination have certain spots thrown at me and it was all good at, at like that moment there I knew I like okay, I made the right decision. I'm supposed to be here. So everything, I felt everything kind of lined up. So you signed with AEW in September. Uh-huh. Uh, was that right after the pay-per-view? Yeah, it was. So tell us your contract story. Like who? How does that work for someone who comes from doing a couple enhancement matches to getting a full-time opportunity? So I started off at a, as a tier zero. And then, you know, I believe I got that offer I want to say right after my Derby match for the Saturday okay. Night Dynamite, and so I was like, okay, I'm I'm on my way. I'm, I'm gonna make some noise, and then I believe the pay per view was like, I want to say maybe three weeks after that. Okay, and then right after I got did my whole little thing with Mox saving him, I got to the back and had a another contract <laughs> waiting for me. Damn. So I, I, I was. I got on the phone. I called a few people back at home. And when I got back to the hotel, like I'm not a real whole emotional person, but I, I had to shed a few tears and, you know, 
and I got a lot of congratulations from a lot of people there at AEW. So it was cool. Yeah, that's a that that's a big moment now for uh, for our uh, listeners there. And I don't know what they are, and I don't want to really get into it. There are a lot of different tiers for talent uh, in AEW, uh, and uh, so when you're tier zero, you're kind of just starting out, but at least you're getting some work. Yeah. But then when you move up, it's it's like I don't know if it's if it's like full time work or a contract. It, it's full time work. So so now here you are, you full time. And you're going to face uh, Brian Cage for the FTW Championship, which began the whole journey, which is what you're doing right now as far as being a part of Team Taz. When you started when you started and you signed, did was that always in the plan for you to be a Team Taz? Or is that something no. that after maybe you, you wrestled Cage or something and decided to do that? That happened right after I wrestled Cage. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. So as far as I know, to my knowledge, that was never, never the plan. Damn. I uh I love your match with Cage because both of you are like big body guys, and I imagine that v- it's a very different style than working with like smaller dudes. Mm-hmm. Is there a preference that you have? No, I don't. I just I mean, I, so wrestling someone at the the stature of Cage and like versus like a Darby, it, it there, there really isn't much of a difference. I don't I don't prefer either. I just. I'm just going to hit you as hard as I can. <laughs> I mean, shit. It, it don't matter how big, how small you are. I'm, I'm going to hit you. So I yeah, love that's, it. That's the whole thing with me. So you have the match with Cage, and then mm-hmm. you join Team Taz very, very shortly after. Um, so I know that when the turn happened, for me, I was very surprised. Um, and I'm imagining like Twitter was very surprised as well just because – you're Will Hobbs. You're you're this this guy who's worked hard for this opportunity, and I know people had kind of heard your story. So all of a sudden, you're an asshole. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean everything came. I mean, sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes you know. you're yeah. an asshole on TV. <laughs> what's it uh What's it like working with Taz and Ricky and Brian? It's cool. I mean, I've known Brian out out here from California for a while. I've known Ricky for a while, and, and working with Taz, it's cool because he actually gives me. It's like good advice, like slow down, take your moments, you know, be who you naturally are. And and a lot of times in life, I'm I'm an asshole. I'm a mean person, <laughs> but, you, you know, got, you got kids. I think you kind of have to be. Yeah. You know, especially, especially <laughs> my older son is bigger than me almost. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just he's just he, t- he tells me not not to do the fake shit. You know, if, if you go on. If you're going to be real, it will portray out there and people, you know, either love it or hate it. But working with those three is cool. Yeah. Taz, uh, as you probably know, when, when he was a worker, when he was in the ring was, I mean, came across as really legit. And, yeah. and, and, he, and in real life, I mean, he really is. I mean, he's a legit tough guy and um, he's also a big pain in the ass. Uh, uh, but that's from me, not from you and not from Aubrey. Uh, he's a gigantic colossal, as big a pain in the ass as you want to find in real life. Did I say he was a pain in the ass? I don't know if I've said that. I got that across a little bit, a little bit. I don't know if people understand, but, but but here's, uh, I, but, but the fact is, is that he was legit and I know he's legit and he has some very good advice, uh, about how you should portray yourself. 
And, and I think that's kind of uh, rubbed off on you. You know, I mean, you, you've you seemed to me, so? yeah, you've seemed to me that you've taken this, this heel character, uh, quite well. I mean, your demeanor, yeah. you know, your demeanor, you look different when you come out. I mean, I know you're wearing the orange and I get that. And that's Taz's color, but your facial expressions, you, you see what I'm saying? You, you get that. I mean, I, I can express now, like, like, I really want to beat somebody to the fuck up. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I get that. Like, it's okay to, to, you know, to present that now, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. So. Right. So where does the name Will Hobbs come from? Because I immediately assume it's Fast and the Furious related. Yes. So <laughs> my actual last name isn't Hobbs. It's close to that. Mm-hmm. So okay. I have people go, growing up calling me Hobbs. I'm a, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. And I, I used to have people call me Will Hobbagoblin. And you know, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's going to go out everywhere. You know, but it it is. I'm I'm a whole fan of the whole uh, Fast and Furious franchise. So, they it's greatest franchise known to man. Paired up, but you know, I do like the name Powerhouse Hobbs now. So, That's good. Yeah. How did how did that change happen? TK, he's like, you're a powerhouse. I'm like, cool. Let's, let's go. <laughs> Boss man says it. Guess yeah, it's true. You no, know, hey. <laughs> I throw people around, so. It, it has to be, I would think, and, and I know this is your job and this is your passion and you're being very successful, but, and the same thing can apply to you, Aubrey, you guys that come out from the West coast and take that yeah. long flight every other week, or if we're oh, doing yeah. live shows each week, that's gotta be a long week for you, man. It is. I mean, I, I bored. I'm usually, uh, I leave out of San Francisco, so I'm oh, usually on the plane about six in the morning. Mm. Yeah, same. I think I get on at like seven. Yeah. It's a good like seven and a half total of air travel. Mm-hmm. You get airline status real fast, though. Moving on up. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, but but uh, they, they talk so much. Is there jet lag for you when you're performing? No. No, there's not. Okay. No, I haven't, I haven't had anything. Oh, and nah, that take, yeah, no. Okay. It's about the same. I think any tiredness comes from the fact that we're doing dark until 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the thing that's most exhausting. <laughs> we are talking with Will Hobbs on AEW Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone here with Powerhouse Hobbs, newest edition to Team Taz. Uh, we talked a tiny bit about it, about your background, but I want to kind of dive into that a little bit more. Uh, I know you've mentioned in previous interviews you've wanted to wrestle since you were, I think, four years old. Mm-hmm. So how'd you get into wrestling? So my grandparents moved from a small town in Mississippi out to San Francisco. And so they lived right down the street from the Cow Palace. So growing up, all I heard was stories about Pat Patterson, Ray Stevens, Pepper Gomez, Kenji Shibuya, High Chief Peter Maivia. So wrestling was always in my house. So by the time I remember it, it was already on TV. By the time I went to my first show. I already knew that's what I wanted to do. So that first live show was Cal Palace? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to start. What a what a phenomenal building. I mean, yeah. really steeped in wrestling legend. Oh, yeah. And I actually got to do, um, I first met Cody at the Cal Palace. So we did a, a show at the Cal Palace. He did a big cage match there. Okay. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Right. So we did we did a show out there. And just the fact that I grew up going to this building and I got to perform in this building that's pretty dope. That is badass. I wonder how many people on the Indies have had that kind of opportunity. It's like I, the place I don't, where I don't know. 
the place where wrestling is kind of established as a part of your life and then it's yeah. just kind of like oh yeah this is where i do bookings on the weekend <laughs> it, it was cool i got, got to perform twice there mm. so apw is where you trained and first started how did you find apw so i actually my dad's um one of my dad's good friends actually used to wrestle at APW. I don't know if you've seen the movie Beyond the Bat. Yes. But you remember the guy that was going to throw the guy off the balcony? Yeah. That that was my dad's good friend. Okay. So I grew up going to those little independent shows out there. And then I um, hooked up and trained up with uh, Ezekiel Jackson. So I ended up doing some training with him 2016 to currently of this year. We were doing some training, so. And I went down to Texas and some training down in L.A. So I'm kind of was everywhere a little bit. Yeah. The training in Texas was with Booker T, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. How did you connect with him? How did that all happen? That was awesome. I, I did a did a I hit him up because I saw I believe it was on Twitter or Facebook. They were, had like an open invitation. And I, me and my old tag partner went out there, did some things and picked up a lot knowledge so that was pretty cool i know you ended up working as an extra on smackdown live Mm -hmm. where where was that i think it was with dolph ziggler that was uh with baron corbin that was that's uh, right that was in san jose california so just maybe like 30 minutes from here from where i am so we did did that whole thing had a tryout the tryout was was good a lot that's a long story but I'll give you the short story. They okay. said we didn't have anything for you right now. And then just years later getting, you know, the carrot dangling in front of me, then pretty much <laughs> told them F you. So yeah. yeah. The Canyon email. Hey, yeah, maybe we've got yeah. something. Yeah. You know, just right when I peered up on AEW, you know, you want to, you know, like, Hey, remember me? And then I, the way I was raised, I, I don't got time for that shit. Yeah. Right. You know, so there you go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not boo-boo the fool, as my grandma used to say. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think Ricky had the uh, the same thing happen, both the Team Taz guys. It's like, oh, up here on AEW. Hey, uh, yeah, you know, remember us? We would yeah, like to know, talk to you. Hey, we've been thinking about you or interested in you. Like, no, fuck you. Don't yeah. Me. You know, I, I ain't no sucker, so. Well, yeah, you know, th- that is, I, we're, I'm not going to make this podcast about shitting on them, but that is so disingenuous. I mean, it, yeah. it really is. It's so phony. It's like, come on. Guys. I, I rather, I rather you, I rather you tell me a hundred percent no. Yeah. And try to try to BS me. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's a matter of first impressions, right? Like, yeah. What's your impression with one company versus your impression with another? Like, I like to think that at AEW we try to embrace everybody who's there, whether you're there for a one-off match, whether you're there long-term, whether you start as enhancement and turn into full-time like it should be a welcoming environment where regardless of what ends up happening like we're very direct but also very inviting so oh yeah definitely all right so during the course of the year there's been uh, many tragedies and, and the tragedy of uh shad gaspar was was a horrible one uh that yeah. it's been well known you were you were a, a good friends with shad right so i i did a i want to say maybe like five shows with shad mm-hmm. and like after the first show, you know, he would just come up, talk to me, ask me how things are going. He would message me from on my birthday, like through Facebook Aww. and just, just the knowledge I, I got from him. And, you know, just 
you can tell when people are really genuine and like are, are really good people. So that that was very sad, you know. And I, I know a few people that are that were very close to him. So it's just that kind of hit a little bit because it's almost like you know you got a someone you can look at as a big brother and it's you know unfortunately we know what happened. It's only unfortunate I never had the chance to meet him, but. I mean, every story I've heard about him is he's this fantastic guy who's had a positive oh, impact yeah. on a lot of people's lives. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that you're remembering him in a very positive light. I think that's great. Yeah. You, you're you clearly into bodybuilding. Like, I think you've got traps for days. Um, I, tr- I try. I try. <laughs> I try. What's uh, What got you interested into bodybuilding? Have you always been like a big gym guy? I, I grew up as a skinny kid and I always had uncles that, I don't believe that, that for a second. I, I'll show you a picture. Watch, I will. I will show you a picture. Okay. So I um, <laughs> <laughs> I always have big muscular people in my family, and you know I come from a, a big boned family. So <laughs> uh, I fell in love with it. You know, just watching your body change and develop, and it's cool. Do you end up working out with Cage at all? I worked out with Cage once. Like, I think Cage likes to go early in the morning. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody's got their time, man. I've tried working out early. I got to have, have a couple meals in me before I go. And <laughs> I, I need to sun out. Uh, by the way, you do uh, you do some cooking videos on Instagram, right? I Do I do cooking videos? I've had a couple cooking videos. It's, okay. You know, ghetto gourmet over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh now you you mentioned you have uh you have some children yes uh what what do you boys think about seeing you on tv on dynamite they love it they they absolutely love it so i'll give you a story okay i love when it I, when i when i pick my two-year-old up from school he's always chanting will hobbs will hobbs and Aww, he's yeah it, it's crazy and comes to find out one of his teachers is a is a wrestling fan and so she's been watching the show, so which is cool. And she'll stop me and, and talk about wrestling. And my son is still jumping up, Will Hobbs, Will Hobbs. And every night we have to wrestle. And he's getting <laughs> to the point now where, where, where he's jumping off stuff. And I'm like, stop doing that. And it's, it's becoming a headache. My older son, he loves it. He tries to critique me and grabs me and tries to put me in different holes. So... What kind of feedback does your son have for you if he critiques uh, you? <laughs> so he goes, well, next time maybe you, you should put your hands up this way and you should do that. And I'm like, uh, all right. You know, just Appreciate he the caught, feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Move he, on. He, he caught me off guard one day and I was like looking at him. I'm thinking like, well, why don't you get your ass in the ring? You, you go do that. So, But, but it, how much cool. of this is like, how much of this do you see yourself in your kids, like, were you doing oh, this as well as someone oh, who grew up in wrestling house? A whole lot. I was jumping off my my grandma's furniture, <laughs> and she's like, you, "You need to stop doing this until you get paid." And I'm like, "Okay, well, <laughs> that's a good you way know, to put it." I I wanted to go over her house and you know jump off her couch and you know just like, "Hey, can I do this now?" Because I'm getting paid. So <laughs> well, she she probably would she probably would have hit me with a belt or a frying pan or something. <laughs> So do you end up telling your kids the same thing? Like stop jumping off the couch until someone's paying you to do it? Yeah, but then, you know, I'll kind of like tell them, hey, why don't you go try this? And, you know, we'll, we'll set so up. So you're the bad influence. Yeah. So, like we, we have this, <laughs> we have this like jumper house and they'll get in it and, and wrestle in it. And, 
and do stuff and you know they're they're working on their selling so sometimes i'll grab my power bomb here you know jeez will you uh you you on instagram thanked stan lee and his comic books for getting you through some tough times um uh, mm-hmm. in childhood so obviously you grew up loving superheroes and loving comic books yeah i did so where I, where I grew up it in east palo alto is it's a like 80s 90s probably mid 2000s it was the uh murder capital of the united states mm-hmm. so it was a lot of a lot of shit going on there like when it could be sunlight out and the street lights were on and my grandma said come in the house you you got to come in the house so it i i got you know just scared as a child just you know certain things going on and you know just reading comic books you know that kind of gave me some you know courage you know to stand up right. to people and you know, just face everything down there because there were times when I would get off the school bus and someone would put something in my backpack and be like, hey, you need to walk to that house. And I'm like, fuck, I, I didn't have a choice but to walk to that house. So Damn. It, it's, it's a rough neighborhood growing wow. up. Who is your, uh, you have a favorite superhero? My favorite superhero, I got him tattooed on my arm in Venom. Or he's a, well, he's wow. a supervillain slash superhero because I, I know he, he paired up with Spider-Man a few times. Right. So I, I, I always loved Venom. Did you see the Tom Hardy movie? I did. I was yeah. actually trying to. I was actually trying to go be an extra because they filmed some scenes in uh in San Francisco. Right. I, actually, I thought that was a pretty cool movie. I thought they did a good job with him compared to the Venom that played in one of the uh, one of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. 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 No, I, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Man, there's enough of you comic book nerds. I got to get into it. Yeah, you do because you're a nerd. I do. I'm a nerd. I'm a different kind of nerd. (laughs) Where are are you ever? Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Tony. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) We got some, uh, we got some fan questions uh, from the internet and we're talking with Will Hobbs on AEW Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony talking with Will Hobbs of Team Taz. Uh, We've come to the fan questions, uh, which we got quite a few. It was great because just a little peek behind the curtain. I literally asked Twitter for fan questions about 24 hours before the point that we're recording this. So I get to see kind of like who asked questions and how quickly. And there was just an immediate just stream of questions. So you've uh, you've go. got some fans, Will. Pretty yeah, great. I, I, I'm better. We got a question from Dr. Scott Kelly on Twitter. Did Ricky and Hobbs know that Sting was going to interrupt their beatdown prior to everything that had happened Sting's debut or were you just told there would be an interruption? I wasn't told anything. If I knew something was going to happen, I would have been prepared, but <laughs> shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just, I didn't know anything. I mean, it's Sting. Like he, <laughs> like, like it's almost like seeing a, a fucking ghost. Like, I, I don't know. Like I still get chills and goosebumps thinking about that. Yeah. So just lights go out and you're just like, what the hell's yeah. happening? You know, I thought, to be honest with you, it was, I thought something like maybe some technical difficulties happened or something. Yeah. Right. Like, why is the lights going out? Is somebody playing around because they don't want Cody to get hit in the head with the belt again? I'm like, shit, take away my shine. Did, did, did someone just tell you to get out of the ring or did you just notice that everybody else was getting out of the ring? So I'll tell you this. Okay. Sting was coming out and I saw that bat drop. And I know when he has that, like for me watching wrestling as a kid, when he yeah. has that bat, like 
he he doesn't fucking play around. So I'm <laughs> like, let's go. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so it was natural. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. No one needed to give you a cue. Like, no, I will gladly. Nah, leave nah, nah. I'm I'm pretty smart, you know, to know when I need to bounce. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Killiam on Twitter said, can Will consume an entire deep dish pizza in one setting? I've seen Brian Cage do it like three or four times. There's a lot of Team Taz bragging rights writing on this question. Yeah, I can eat. Uh, shit. Just a very eat. simple answer. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, you challenge me. I mean, shit. You want to put some money up or something? Like, <laughs> I feel like he's talking I to you, like not the, me. I feel like this is a definitely a future BTE championship skit. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I eat. Like <laughs> I, I eat. Like growing up, my like my grandma didn't play. Whatever she put on your plate, like you, you had to eat. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Absolutely, it works. I grew up in that too. Takimoto 23X on Twitter. Shout out to the Bay Area, uh, which yes, I yes. absolutely agree with. Uh, you're San Francisco. I actually grew up in Vacaville, so I, uh, yeah. I got in trouble over there a few times. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's not much to do, so I totally understand. No. Uh, so shout out to the Bay Area. What was your experience coming up in the Bay Area indie scene? And do you have any memorable matches or venues that you've worked? I know you talk about the Cow Palace, but Cow, anything else? Cow Palace is, is the biggest venue. Memorable matches were probably quite a few so when i worked jeff cobb so that that was a big match for me i um, love cobb he's a sweetheart yeah that's my boy when i worked him working a the tag match i did at the cow palace that was a, a big match well those two probably that i can like offhand that i can think of uh g fox underscore one on twitter says if you could pick any wrestlers trio or group of wrestlers for Team Taz to have a feud with down the road, who would they be and why? Right now, it would be the inner circle. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It would be the inner circle. Why? Because, I mean, that, that's the that's the group right now. Sure. I mean, you look who they got. They got Jericho. They got Hager, Sammy, you know, Santina and Ortiz. They got MJF mm-hmm. and Warlow now. I mean, some of it's the a big biggest group. names, right? This is the biggest names, right there. Absolutely, I, you know, and I, I was always taught you go after the biggest dog in the yard. So that's a big group, right there. I also like just the idea of multiple different combinations. Like this beauty of having a big faction like that, right? Is you end up having tag matches or six mans or whatever it might be, and there's so many permutations of what you can end up having, and just the amount of great matches that would come out of a feud like that would be stellar. Yeah, uh, before you go to the next question, Aubrey, I could get into seeing you beat the shit out of MJF. So, uh, and I think everybody backstage could too. So, I think everyone would be down for that. Yeah. I put money on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jonathan Hammond on Twitter. Uh, what was, what or who was the inspiration for that sick looking spine buster? Arn Anderson. Ooh. Has he given any, any like feedback on your spine buster? So he's giving me, he's like, he told me when you just grab him, you, you just go. And I always used to, you know, when I, growing up, nobody wanted to wrestle with me, like as a kid. Like I, w- I would beg people, my cousins and my brother and my grandma would make them wrestle me. But it got to the point where nobody wanted to wrestle me. I would just, I remember watching Arn Anderson, I would just grab one of her pillows, pick it up and just turn around and spine buster it. So, I mean, I've, I've had some good practice over the years. But I think I, I think I make mine a little I tweak mine a little different because yeah. I actually spin around on my foot. Right. So I think that allows me to get a little bit more elevation and drop them on the ass. Yeah. 
Lord Furon on Twitter. Who would win in an arm wrestling contest in AEW? I imagine Powerhouse Will Hobbs, Brian Cage, and Wardlow would be the top three. Myself. I mean, I ain't going to put anybody else over. <laughs> Don't ask a wrestler who's going to win something. I'm going to win. <laughs> Man. I think they were question. expecting that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a softball. Hey, Will, put yourself over. Of course. I'll I take it. I'll take it. Bucky Robbins on Twitter asks, who were the first favorite wrestlers uh, to watch growing up? My first favorite wrestlers would be Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, and Ravishing Recruit. Ooh, good ones. Good ones. Uh, this is uh, kind of like uh, uh, the question we had uh, from Mike Killam. Uh I'm going to skip one and go down here to say that show writer wants to know what's your calorie intake per day, Will Hobbs? Yes. I just eat. <laughs> I just Do you eat. eat just until you're I, not I, hungry or no, are you just I, constantly I, I, taking food? I got a plan that I'm following and it's just like, okay, here's, here's meal one, here's meal two, meal three, meal four, meal five. I think I'm taking in like six meals a day. Damn. Are you on Bryce's plan? No. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, yeah, I know there's but, a lot of people backstage who are getting on Bryce's plan. Yeah, and, we're, we're working on that. Uh, I think he's working on that this week. But I, I just follow the plan. I just eat. Yeah. Tony, I don't know if you knew, but the lots and lots of wrestlers are taking uh, advice from Bryce Reedy over in uh, medical. He's completely transforming our uh, <laughs> our uh, wrestlers just with individual plans and stuff. Wardlow grew like three human sizes. <laughs> So uh, we've got a question from Adam Thee on Twitter. Uh, what is your favorite game on The Price is Right? Plinko. <laughs> <laughs> Plinko, that's my favorite game. Why? Why Plinko? Uh, just because I, I just like how when they drop the little thing down, it goes, you know. <laughs> that and... Um, Simple what's, what's, the, what's the other one where the they got the, the dude yodeling <laughs> and he falls off the mountain? I don't know if they still have it or not. <laughs> I, I grew up watching Price is Right with my grandparents. Price is Right. <laughs> then, then after Price is Right went off, we watched Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful and mm. all that stuff. Yeah. Just goes to show you, and I know this from experience, when they say that soap operas during the day are just for females and women, they're wrong. Very wrong. True. Because Guys I, I watch it too. I remember coming home from school and my grandparents will be talking about somebody talking shit about somebody and I'm trying to peep around a corner and eavesdrop and comes to find out they're talking about what happened on bold and the beautiful and mm. young and the restless. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. See now just a quick story about that back in the day when I was in baseball in the eighties, now this is before, you know, phones and which is going to come to our next question before phones and before all the forms of entertainment, the baseball players used to all pack in one room in a hotel and watch soap operas up until the time they had to go to the ballpark. So really? it was a big deal with, with ballpark ball players. Now we go to this uh, question about the phone. Gassy on Twitter, and we get this question a lot. Why do you need so many iPhones? I never had an iPhone and I want them. <laughs> I love that bit on Sammy's vlog for those that uh, don't okay. know. Will Hobbs is basically acting as the enforcer and stealing a bunch pretty of iPhones much, from people. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> What am I going to do with all of them? I don't know. Sell them. Yeah. Just, and if Will Hobbs wants your phone, what are you going to do? You just give it to him, man. <laughs> you give it to him. Absolutely. Easy thing. Give it up. Give it up. I don't know. I don't have an iPhone, so I feel like I'm safe. Yeah, you're safe. You're safe. Yeah, you need an iPhone. 
I don't like the iPhone shaming that happens at this okay. company. <laughs> That's okay. what I hear. <laughs> Ricky, share the winner purse. <laughs> Buy an I don't. Ha- I don't have an iPhone myself, so. Hmm. Green text for days, brother. That's what we got to do. Green <laughs> text for days. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think we may have missed one or two here because I was skipping around a little bit. It a clause. And the more details, the better. It wants to say tell you this on Twitter. Who would win a match between you, Brian Cage, and Wardlow? The more details, the better. Once again, myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so get into the details of why. I just like to fight. <laughs> I like, I like eat to fight. and fight. That's all. That's I, all. Will I, does. I fight. You know. Yeah. So I, you know, I think we strength wise, we all we all match up, but like fighting wise, I I think I I topped him. That might be one of those matches that ends up breaking the ring. Just so many meaty men. Yeah. <laughs> well, Will, I think we can all say this. Uh, it's been uh, a great ride for you so far, and yes. it's just the beginning, right, buddy? Oh, yeah, of course. Still got to put in that work. Sure, yeah. got to put in the work. And I know, especially after you've told us your story about coming from California and not having work, that uh, it's great to be with this company at this point in time because yes. so many people are struggling, and we're we're very fortunate. True. Yeah. Very, very fortunate. Thanks for coming by today, oh, Will. Thank you this guys. was super great. I, I, I love it. you so much. You're so nice. I, I love you. Even, yeah. even you, Tony. Yeah, thank you, you know, very much. Before we go, you should heal. Uh, we I want was to- waiting for that. I was about <laughs> to say, you have, not, not? you have not called me that Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> is, he, is that you or is that me? <laughs> every, no, time I walk, every time I walk past Tony, he'll, he'll say <laughs> it or he'll mumble it. Mm-hmm. He may, there's been times he shoved me in the wall and said that. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Tony's so, gonna take a spine buster. <laughs> no, w- no. Will came in as such just this nice, lovable guy, big, strong guy, and all of a sudden now he's turned into Team Taz. And give me, give me that sneer. Go ahead, give me that sneer. There you go. Oh, so sneer. good. See, it's and so good. I said, man, you in one day you've become this shit heel. And so <laughs> now every time I see him, I said, you shit heel. So, yeah, but it, yeah. it it works. It's it's good. It's I was flying into the Jacksonville airport and I ran into the uh, Enterprise booth to rent a car. And someone goes, oh, I ran into a wrestler earlier. I'm like, oh, which one? He's like, I don't know. He was this, this big, tall guy. Super beautiful. I'm like, oh, Will Hobbs. Hey, <laughs> I'll try. So might be a shit, shit heel to, uh, to Tony, but to mm-hmm. the ladies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Will. Thanks a lot, buddy. You can follow uh, Will on Instagram at true yeah. underscore Will underscore Hobbs on Twitter at true Will Hobbs. So hopefully people follow you on social media. You're pretty active on there? Oh, yeah. All day, every day. Okay. Got Very it, much so. Remember to subscribe to AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also watch the video version of this on YouTube. Just search for AEW Unrestricted. I'm Tony Schiavone. I'm Aubrey Edwards. And you can catch all of us on Dynamite on TNT, 8 o'clock, 7 central, every Wednesday. And thanks for being with us on AEW Unrestricted. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Tony. You guys. All right. Bye.